everyone, you're listening to the Jersey Church Podcast, where we give practical tips to equip people to care and connect others to Christ. Well, welcome back, everyone, to the Jersey Church Podcast. It is great to be with you again. Uh, I am with my uh, co-host, Matt Reed. Uh, well, not physically, still over Zoom. Still over Zoom, but, uh, but maybe but that, not for long. Exactly. That could yeah. be changing. We yeah. could be back to uh, the recording bunker, who yeah. knows, mm-hmm. uh, in the near future. But uh, And this is uh, podcast number eight in terms of who's your one. It's hard to believe. This actually evens us up, uh, Reed, with now we're going to have eight episodes for who's your one uh, to go along with our extended bonus eight episodes for the coronavirus. So So we're actually actually outnumbering the corona. Today. Yes. Well, we're even. After today, we'll be even. Yes. And and as we look back on just a variety of different ways we've uh, looked at who's your one, a little bit of surprised that wow, you know we have uh, we've covered a number of things in eight episodes. Mm-hmm. We recognize that we could uh, extend this for weeks and weeks and weeks to come. Right. Uh, but uh, but we thought you know it it would probably be good to um, you know keep changing things up, keeping things fresh, and so uh, we actually did a little uh, pre planning. Uh, we did. And we haven't done a lot of that. You know, we've done this. Uh, <laughs> I wonder if they can tell. <laughs> I'm sure they can't. No. Sure. no. Yeah. We've hidden that very well, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, but uh, so we've got a couple episodes left for Who's Your One that we're going to tackle in the next uh, few weeks. And then we're going to transition to uh, relational discipleship and mm-hmm. our, our D groups. And so mm-hmm. we'll have a transitional episode in there to talk about, okay, how do these two uh, aspects of uh, the Great Commission fit together, and right. then we'll we'll turn that page. So, uh, looking forward to what the Lord's laid on our hearts to share today, as well as in the weeks to come. So, today is finding common ground with your one. So, uh, I'm going to throw it over to Reed to get us started in terms of uh, to talk a little bit about. Uh, culture and where we stand in this idea of uh, finding common ground and we'll go from there. Yeah. So um, I kind of skimmed through a book called uh, Finding Common Ground by Tim Downs. Um, and when we talk about finding common ground, we're, we're talking about how do you, how do you connect with your one uh, in such a way that, that you know, they begin to see you as a friend, as somebody that's for them. Um, and for, uh, and I, I, the book finding common ground by Tim Downs is, is really good. Um, it's got some good tools in it. Um, but, uh, also the, the part that I really liked out of it was his just, uh, perspective on the culture. And I think we all feel it and we all know it, uh, with the American culture that something has changed in the last 20 years. Uh, so I was born in the eighties and was raised in the nineties. Um, and there was a distinct difference for me. Uh, from the 90s to the first decade of the 2000s, and then even more so the second dec- decade of the 2000s. Um, and and I, I really liked how he put it. Um, and so, you know, he just talked about with, with culture, we've got to understand that we as Christians don't firmly stand on, um, on common ground with most everybody uh, and, and how they're thinking. 
um, you know, the, the American culture has departed from believing that there's objective truth, uh, meaning truth that you can see and know and that we can all agree on. Um, you know, that, that truth exists, you know, that, that it, and it leads us to something we can really know. Um, and how that affects Christianity is, you know, people then look at the Bible and they say, uh, you know, it can ma- you can make it say whatever you want, um, and there's no timeless, timeless truths in the Bible. And we would say that that is not true, that, there, that you, you know, there's, there's one message of the Bible and that it does contain t- timeless truths that will be the same now and forever. Um, also, you know, the culture has uh, shifted a little bit to, to, as it looks at sin. And it says, you know, if there's no objective truth, then sin must be cultural. You know, it must be a cultural concept. So what is right for you um, may not be right for me. What you would consider a sin, I may not consider a sin. And, and what the American culture is saying is that's okay. It's okay for us to do that. Now, we all know that that doesn't work in the sense of like, uh, us being unified as a people even, because if I think, uh, you know, if I think robbery's okay and I rob Todd, you know, Todd's going to be like, well, that's not okay. Cause you just took some of my stuff, but I, but mm-hmm. well, it's okay, Todd. Cause it's okay with me. Uh, now it's interesting if Todd were to rob me, then all of a sudden robbery, maybe not be okay. But, um, <laughs> I think one, I think one way of saying it, uh, that, uh, Tim Downs said is he said, the culture looks at things this way. It says it isn't wrong to think you're right, but it's, but it's, but it isn't right to think others are wrong. Let me say that again. Cause I stuttered. <laughs> it, it isn't wrong to think you're right, but it's, it, but it isn't right to think others are wrong. So it's saying, you know, it's okay for me to think I'm right, but the moment I start thinking, well, these other people are wrong, then, then that is wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what that basically is saying is like, you can't tell somebody else what truth is. You know, so what is right for me doesn't have to be right for you, and we all just need to be okay with that. Uh, well, when you get into the idea of objective truth, that, that kind of thing can't exist. Um, and as Christians, we believe in objective truths that, you know, God is God of the universe, that God, uh, is the creator of all things, that the only way, uh, into a, a paradise afterlife, uh, heaven, uh, is through Christ. Uh, and so that would discount all other world religions, right? So with culture, they would say, well, you can't think that way, Matt. And, and so there is a cultural bias right now or a a cultural prejudice against Christians, and, uh, and I think, you know, I don't want to dive too deep into that, um, but I just think that's something we have to be aware of. But also, there's this idea that um, with that cultural prejudice against Christians and objective truth, we have to learn to be okay with it, right? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like uh, we as Americans, we really seek justice. And it's, it's my right as an American to believe what I, you know, what I believe to be right. And everybody has, you know, we just have to, we, we have to be okay to disagree. And so oftentimes I think we as Christians try to fight for justice, but the reality is we see in first Peter four, um, that Peter says, you know, don't be surprised when you come underneath uh, persecution, you know, that's just the way of the Christian. Like they, they crucified Jesus. They, cru- they beheaded John the Baptist. They killed all of the apostles. Like when you follow Jesus, the evil one responds violently to you. And so when we think about this, how do we engage with the culture? We've got to balance this justice and love where it's, we can't just seek justice and tell people that they're wrong, but we have to look how Jesus did it. And when a woman caught in adultery was brought to Jesus, you know, he looked at her and he said, neither do I condemn you, but go and sin no more. So he looked at her with love and grace, but then he did speak truth. And that's where we have to balance. And I, I do think American Christians, we tend to lean more towards the justice. And so I just want, as we talk about finding common ground, um, I, I want to encourage everybody to be thinking about how they can balance 
justice and love when they talk with people and are trying to find common ground. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, and with that, Todd, so as we're trying to juggle that tough balance, we've got to meet them where they're at, though. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think that plays into this, that we can't just walk in expecting them to, to understand that we have the truth and receive it. We've got to meet them where they're at to, to lead them there. So what are your thoughts on that? All right. I apologize uh, in advance again. Uh, two things that came to mind that weren't on the agenda. Uh, <laughs> this is like you know, Todd does this in our meetings too. We're like, hey, does anybody have one more thing? And Todd's like, oh, oh yeah, I, I've got one more thing. And you're like, oh. It's like the kid in class. Any more questions on that? Yeah, end yeah. Of a, uh, a, a long lecture. Do not raise your hand yeah, at that point. Yeah, put your hand you know? down, man. Yeah. Yes. So why, why do I do this? But anyhow, uh, I think it does pertain. So okay. one, it reminds me, I know we've mentioned our good friend Doug Pollock a number of times, and, and uh, he uh, has a way of saying it of, you know, as soon as um, even just the term Christian mm-hmm. or Christ follower, um, culture is going to tend to put you in a box uh, right out of the gate. Right. And it, uh, one of our roles is to be able to recognize that and find ways to uh, get out of that box as quickly as possible because they're gonna right. automatically going to be uh, a certain range of assumptions that are made, you know, based upon uh, either prior experience, what they see in the news mm-hmm. or, uh, or just, you know, cultural understanding as, as you've just uh, described. And, and I think um, another thing that came to my mind too, that you and I were talking when we were discussing, uh, you know, what to share today. And it was that idea of, you know, as a result, our approach um, may not be right through that front door. You know, another way right. that it, yeah. I think it was, uh, I think it's Doug quoting Robbie Zacharias, uh, uh, that uh, you know, oftentimes the front door is going to be heavily guarded, you know, the front right. door into a person's life. Right. So you're going to have to prayerfully look for ways uh, around that front door uh, to find a way into their heart, you know, yeah. find a way to communicate. Okay, all these, uh, you know, used to prejudices or uh, assumptions or ways yeah. of viewing Christians. Uh, may not be all that uh, accurate, you know, right. in their minds. And, and what could we sh- um, show them about Christ that would uh, help them see him in a different light? And yeah. so the first, um, you know, point that goes along with this is uh, it's going to take us meeting our ones where they are and not where we want them to be. You know, so going to them and not expecting them to uh, to come to us. And I think we've all experienced times in our lives when another person has uh, invited us uh, or encouraged us into their lives uh, in a way that welcomed us and in a way that potentially repelled us. Mm. And I think the foundation, the foundational question that uh, is coming to our minds when we're uh, invited into a person's life uh, in a deeper way is, can I trust you? Right. You know, mm-hmm. I, you're asking me to, um, you know, to maybe dialogue with you or to get to know you more or to uh, uh, invest in or be invested in by. And you know, fundamental to that is, you know, inherently, can I trust you with my life? Can I trust you with what uh, we're going to be, you know, is going to be said or done? And, and, you know, 
two stories came to my mind, personally speaking, that will hopefully uh, illustrate, you know, an example of ways that I've <clears throat> experienced this on in both aspects. So one that came to mind was when I first, years ago, when I first started praying uh, initially about uh, somebody to be discipled by and, you know, prayed through a season and, and, and the, the first two people that I started interacting with, I met them on a handful of occasions and uh, immediately I recognized, uh, and, and these were both godly men, both pastors, both uh, people that I looked up to and I could clearly see that I would learn a lot from. Uh, but I quickly found out after a few times of spending some time with them that they were going to be talking 90% of the time and I was going to be talking about 10% of the time, uh, maybe. And it might have, right. those, uh, those percentages maybe have been a little bit worse on some occasions, you know. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and quickly I realized, ooh, okay, this is, uh, this is not going to be a two-way street here. Uh, this is going to be more of a one-way street uh, and not something, a relationship that, uh, wow, they might be able to learn something from me as well as me learning a ton from them. So that was the first example that came to my mind was uh, I was being invited onto their turf, you know, in the way that they wanted to share as opposed to uh, them meeting me where I was. And and then I, I sort of compared and contrasted that with uh, when, you know, I grew up in the life of the church and uh, but this this idea of having a personal relation, you know, knowing Christ uh, and uh, really didn't come about in a deeper way until college. And um, I still remember Chris Lyons at Capital University and how God used him uh, in a profound way in my life to uh, to really live out this idea of finding common ground. And uh the moment I saw Chris, I recognized there was something different in his life uh, compared to how I was living my life. And, and he just did an amazing job of, uh, of inviting me, finding common ground. Uh, we ended up doing things together, and, and he really met me where I was on my journey in coming to know Christ, uh, as opposed to uh, inviting me to... Um, jump over some hurdles that I would just wasn't ready to do. So I think it, you know, really, it brings up this question that we could ask ourselves, you know, in what ways could I fall into one of these two approaches? You know, maybe in the past, what's one way that I have, uh, you know, maybe gone too fast or asked people to go too far uh, when they weren't ready? And what are some examples of ways that, uh, wow, you know, as I follow the Holy Spirit's leading, this uh, has been common ground that we've found that we can work from together. Uh, All right. So. That was a long pause. Oh, I know. I was, I was, yeah, <laughs> debating. All right. Do I go on to this next point or have I ran out of time? So I'm going to throw it to you now. All right. And, All right. Uh, okay. and then I'll come back to that if we still have time. So how's All that? Right. We'll come back to that. Um, sorry. I, first, I thought Todd might have froze on Zoom. Uh, and I was like, uh. So anyways, uh, but he's not. He's still with us, alive. And, and uh, we'll see if he, we'll see. Now we built anticipation for that last point, Todd. Exactly. Yes. All right. Will we have time? <laughs> um, um, so, you know, meeting, meeting people where they're at, you know, finding common ground um, and meeting them where they're at, not where we want them to be. 
uh, means that we, uh, we have to practice, like Todd said, that indirect communication. Um, and one of the ways to do that, uh, well, first of all, it's, it's one, I had somebody describe it to me as uh, indirect communication is an art. It's not a science. So it's something mm-hmm. that we have to develop and we have to practice. And it's, it's not the same every time. It's not like one plus one equals two or, you know, it's, it's different for every situation. But, but part of indirect communication is, uh, is the aspect of finding agreement with somebody. So I'm talking with somebody and they have a lot of assumptions, a lot of prejudice, a lot of uh, expectations of, Christ- of Christians that aren't good. And if I try to directly like fix those, I think at times that's where they go, you know what, you're just saying that because you are a Christian and of course the Christians would deny these things, right? Like, of course they wouldn't want to be known as this, this, and this. Um, but but if you if you seek to find agreement with people, and show them that, you know, I'm not going to necessarily defend myself, but let's see, you know, let's, let's see how similar you and I are together. Uh, mm-hmm. That's where people go, begin to just internally think, oh, well, you know, that doesn't fit with my pre- preconceived notions of mm-hmm. what a Christian is, you know? And so I think, uh, you know, so in the Downs book, he said, the first purpose of a persuasive speech is to show that not much persuasion is needed. And I think that's the same thing with finding agreement. I think the first thing that we need to, uh, to do is show that, that we already agree about a bunch of stuff that we're not so different um, because mm-hmm. we aren't. We're all human beings. Uh, we're all creating God's image. We all have faults. We all have failures. We all have struggles. Uh, and many of us fear the same things, right? Like, um, uh, shoot, I just drew a blank to it, but my father-in-law has these like five fears. And I know one of them is fear of you know being insignificant, one's fear of the outsider, one's fear of death. Uh, and, you know, and, he just, and there's five things that when you talk to people, they'd all agree. Yeah, those are scary things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and so we, we have common ground like that. And so indirectly beginning to find uh, agreement with somebody really helps in finding that common ground. Uh, another way to talk about it is we build agreements, not arguments with people. You know, we help them to see where we agree and we build from there. And that could be as simple as, as you know, sharing the same sports team right? Like mm-hmm. you're, you're both fans, of the same sport team, or it could be uh, a little bit more advanced and you guys have a, a common moral value. Um, you know, let's say a common moral value that you shouldn't cheat on your significant other, right? Like, yeah. Like you know, like if somebody says, well, yeah, I, I think one of the greatest, the worst things you can do in the world is t- to cheat on the one uh, who's your significant other. We as Christians say, we agree with that, right? Like mm-hmm. we, you need to be honest and truthful and loving in your commitments. And so that right there already begins to show that um, me as the Christian trying to connect with somebody, it shows that, yes, I don't think you're crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not putting myself on a higher level than you. No, like we are all on the same level. And in that level, we have things we agree on. We may not agree on everything, and that's okay. But it, it, finding agreement definitely beats coming in and going, um, you know, you're a sinner and you need to get this thing figured out, right? You know, never, nobody ever responds well to that. I, uh, um, I remember this one time, I, I, I tell a story often because it's a good reminder of me not to um, do this. But I was walking through uh, downtown Denver. I lived in Denver for a while. And there's a, uh, the 16th Street Mall. It's like a walking mall. And as I'm walking with my wife, um, you know, we were headed to meet some friends. And um, there was a street preacher. And, you know, he's standing on a box, literally a box. And he's got people around hand, hand out pamphlets. And, and, you know, my first thought was, you know, good for him. You know, he's sharing the gospel you know, publicly. That's not always easy to do like that. Well, one of his guys comes up to me and goes to hand me a pamphlet. And so my thought was, 
you know what? I don't want to take this guy's pamphlet. I already know Jesus. I don't want him to waste it. And so just, you know, my natural response was, no, thanks, man. I'm, I'm good. And this guy looks at me and kind of does this, huh, not good enough. And he, and he walks away. And obviously mm. he's referencing that nobody is good enough in God's eyes without Jesus Christ's grace, right? That's what he was referencing. Um, so he's referencing a biblical truth. Um, and you can ask my wife, I, uh, I am not a violent person, but I turned to go after this guy and she grabbed me by the arm and says, we are going to be late. And I don't <laughs> want to tell people that we're late because you've gotten an argument. And, and she was right. But I remember just how that made me feel. Um, mm-hmm. And I knew Jesus. Um, you know, and how, how it would turn somebody off if they didn't know Jesus. He wasn't finding, you know, that person was promoting a theological truth, you know, in a rude way, but he was promoting a theological truth and he wasn't looking to find common ground with me. Uh, he wasn't looking to find an agreement and, and it turned me off instantly. Um, and so I think, you know, that's, we, we want to look for places where we can agree with people. And then it shows people that we're all on the same level and that we're all together in this. Um, but then also, I think there's an attitude, an attitude of engagement and a friendship uh, as part of this finding agreement where, you know, like you want them not to think that you're, you're creating them into a project and you don't want to be creating them into a project. Uh, and most Americans will probably think, I wonder what this person wants, right? Like most people think they're cynical uh, mm-hmm. or most people's thought process is cynical. So no matter what I say, you know, if I walk straight up to a person, they're going to be like, okay, what's this guy trying to sell me? Um, but if I walk up to a person and I begin a conversation, we find common ground. Um, and then I start, you know, connecting with them outside of spiritual conversations, watching, you know, uh, you know, sports on TV or, you know, discussing movies or going to see a movie together or, you know, enjoying some food together, you know, that's, that's opening up your world to somebody. Um, and it doesn't have to be a hundred percent of your time, but when you invite them in a little bit, they see that you're not just making them a project, but you're, you're wanting to be friends with them, which is really what we should do. Uh, we should be, um, seeking to make friends with people and, and loving them with Jesus's love. Uh, we shouldn't just be seeking to make sure they get saved and then we can move on. Um, but it's a, it's a friendship. So, um, but with that, um, uh, you know, we've, there are some things that like are good diagnostic questions or good, like analyzing questions that we can have with people, uh, that would help them to, uh, uh, help us to understand them when we're trying to find this common ground. Uh, Todd, what are some examples of those? Now, I think you you started to go down that path of just the practical side, and we definitely wanted to leave everybody with just okay how do how do we take these concepts and just make them ultra practical for our listeners I mean you already landed on uh, some different uh, things that we could do with our one uh, when we find that common ground and you sort of broke the the practical side up. Uh, into two aspects, questions we can ask to find out or to diagnose um, where, uh, where our one might be, and then actions we can take uh, as a result of that. So questions, you know, along the lines of, you know, what was it like around your house growing up? Uh, mm-hmm. What are things that you uh, or were most important to your parents? You know, just helping with this understanding of, you know, what it was like for them in their formal years. Uh, what did you get from your family that you want to pass on to your kids? Uh, and both on the positive side, and then, you know, how would you like to do things differently with your family, you know, to be able to gauge uh, both aspects of uh, what they plan to 
take away from uh, and uh, or to leave behind how they were raised. Uh, what are your brothers and sisters like? You know, how are you alike? How are you different? Uh, did you grow up going to church? You know, and if uh, if they did to explore that, uh, you know, is that something they enjoyed doing? And and if not, uh, what what about that experience uh, would have uh, uh, made it different or better or wish you had from that experience? And then, uh, you know, forward thinking, you know, do you think you're, uh, you'll have your kids go to church someday? Uh, or, uh, you know, depending on stage of life, your grandkids go to church uh, uh, with you at some point. So um, just different questions that we can use to diagnose where they're at and, and that will provide uh, sort of on ramps on where we could potentially meet, uh, meet them. And then actions we can take from that is, you know, find something that the two of you can enjoy doing together. You already mentioned some of them uh, in terms of uh, things that, uh, that you realize both of you like to do, whether that's sports related or arts related or, or uh, what have you. And, and I think uh, in doing just really practical things, but that can be very meaningful is remember life events. You know, as we ask uh, questions to get to uh, to know them better, that's not information that should just go in one ear and out the other. I mean, this right. should be, you know, information that uh, is extremely valuable to us because they, they could be opening up their lives to us in such a way that, oh, my goodness, uh, how impactful it is. You know, recall the last time in your life when somebody remembered something significant that was going on or that you had mentioned and they come back to that or they right. do something to commemorate that. Uh, I mean, you talk about finding a way into their heart, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, providing a whole different picture of what uh, uh, someone that follows Christ looks like uh, and who Jesus could uh, could be to them. Uh, that uh, could open up a, uh, you know, a whole new conversation at that point. So, right. and uh, so, yeah, did we have time to get to my last point? And I think we've got about a moment uh, here left. So uh, when I say moment, <laughs> like a minute. And, uh, and it really come down, came down to just real quickly, just some of the things the Lord's been doing in my life based upon our scripture that we used last week. Uh, read, you know, I haven't even had a chance to talk about this much, but uh, this Matthew 7, 12, and the, the idea of, uh, of doing for others what I would want done for me. And the Lord has just really opened my eyes recently and, and how much, uh, if I'm not careful, how much time I can spend focusing on what I want others to do for me, as opposed to focusing on uh, what I would want done, putting myself in their shoes uh, and doing that for them. And, and I think that goes along with last week's episode, uh, as well as this week's in terms of how we, uh, ways that we can uh, get out of our comfort zone and take the focus off of us and put it on to them in a, uh, in a compassionate way, in a way that says, you know, I really do care about you and, and look forward to finding common ground together uh, and uh, in getting to know you more. So, yeah, that was great. I think that last point was worth the whole podcast. I don't know if I'd go that far, but, uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully, hopefully there'll be some value there. So no, I think there is. Um, you know, I think it's just uh, again the, the title of this podcast was finding common ground. 
Um, and a lot of the basis of finding common ground is uh, understanding where the culture's at, right? With their assumptions towards Christians, find out where your one is at. You know, you don't necessarily want, you know, not where you want them to be, but where they are. Um, and then finding agreement and, and trying to engage with them through, you know, questions and remembering, you know, things and, and activities. Um, and then just treating others as we want to be treated. Uh, guys, I just, I mean, it's, it's, I, you probably can sum it, uh, sum it all up and just, just be a friend. Just mm-hmm. be a friend that has a gift and the gift is Jesus Christ. And, and look for ways uh, and openings to, to share that, but do it in such a way that it draws people to Christ. Uh, it doesn't push them away. Uh, so uh, hopefully that's some encouragement for how you interact with people this week. Um, some of you are interacting more with others than, than some. Um, but we will be back next week with uh, another episode on helping us with our one for who's your one. And uh, we will see you next week. Talk to you next week. There you go. All right. Take care. Have a good week.